Hello, hello, hello. This is Gerald Salenti, and we're all very honored and very privileged to be with Judge Andrew Napolitano. Oh, Napolitano, because we're both Napolitanos, and I got two Napolitanos and the real Napolitano here, Judge Napolitano, and of course, to celebrate our being together, a nice <laughs> cup of espresso to there start you go, the day off. Espresso. God Hand bless ground. You. Very different than putting those beans in that machine. It burns them up. But when you grind it by hand, no bitterness. And, but there is a lot of bitterness going on in the world right now, and particularly in the United States, where once the land of freedom, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness has gone into a dictatorial mandates that are being forced upon us, and Judge Napolitano has a new article out, and it'll be out shortly, uh, later tonight. And it begins with, it is distressing for those of us who believe that the Constitution means what it says to observe the destruction of liberty caused by vaccine mandates. Well, Gerald, you know, the, the destruction of liberty is on both sides of the aisle here. Uh, first of all, it's always a pleasure to be with you, even if you're taunting me with that uh, fresh ground espresso. <laughs> uh, and, and here's what I mean. In the same week, Governor, uh, President uh, Joe Biden said he plans to sign an executive order. No, he hasn't done this yet, which will direct the Department of Labor to direct the Occupational Health and Safety Administration, commonly called OSHA, really the nose under the camel's tent of the federal government getting into the workplace, but that's another argument for another time, to compel all employers of 100 persons or more to assure that those persons are vaccinated against COVID-19. And if the employer fails to do that, the employer can be fined $14,000 per day per employee. Biden's people made the number up when they realized from listening to people like you and me and our colleagues that they made the number up, they decided to insert it into legislation. Now the legislation hasn't passed yet, but if inserted into the legislation, it would permit these cumulative fines and would also permit a fine of $700,000 on top of the 14,000 per day per employee uh, for an employer who persistently violates these regulations. So at the same time that Joe Biden issued or said he's going to issue that executive order, which he hasn't done yet, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, who, in my opinion, his heart is in the right place. He's trying to protect the freedom of conscience of those who don't want to be vaccinated. He ordered that no employer may compel vaccinations. So you have one order compelling vaccinations on private property and another order prohibiting vaccinations on private property. They both violate the sanctity of private property. Neither was written by a legislature, by Congress or by the state legislature. Both were made up by an executive, one Biden and authoritarian, the other Abbott, his heart in the right place, but he's got to read uh, the constitution. Uh, and now they're both trying to enforce these. So it's a terrible state of affairs. Conservatives are rejoicing in what Governor, Governor Abbott did, and they should be lamenting it. Whenever the government 
puts its ugly hands and its big nose into private property, no one who believes in property rights should rejoice because the government is only going to go on to private property to compel or to prohibit. Remember what Ronald Reagan once said, the nine most dangerous words in the English language are, hey, I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. The government is never there to help you. The government is there to help themselves. So conservatives should not be rejoicing in what Governor Abbott did, and they should be condemning what President Biden has been trying uh, to do. There's no authority under the Constitution for the government to enter private property to tell to, to examine the health of employees. There's no authority under the Constitution for the feds or the states to order vaccines of persons. There's no authority under the Constitution for a governor or a president to issue an edict, call it a law, and then use law enforcement to compel compliance. That's just not our system of government. You see, this is why everyone listening should be so thankful that they have a person like you that's an expert in the Constitution speaking about this because you're, you don't take sides on the issue. So you, you, you talk about Abbott. Yeah, what he's doing is that's great for the people, you know, that don't want to get vaccinated. But what he's doing is also in violation of the Constitution. Yes. <clears throat> so rather than saying, oh, he's doing like most will do, you're giving the honest analysis of what's going on. And the total picture is they're robbing us of our rights. Yes. And you mentioned that, you know, with the government, what the government is doing. And I want to make this clear to everybody. It is not a government. It's a crime syndicate. We have lost our government. They, they do not represent we the people anymore. They represent the people that pay them off most of the time. Morons and imbeciles call it campaign contributions. They're bribes and payoffs. So we don't have a government anymore running our lives. And, and talking about what, you're, what you've been saying here about this, you go on to say that calling an edict the law doesn't make it the law. Edicts issued by the executive are unworthy of compliance if they purport to create new law or assault property rights or personal liberty. And law enforcement personnel who took the same oath as the Texas governor and the president to uphold the Constitution should decline to enforce them. Absolutely. <clears throat> you know, one of the ways that, uh, that the old Soviet Union collapsed is when the police had had enough of enforcing authoritarian laws and Moscow could issue all the dictates it wants, it wanted, it just didn't have the ability to enforce them any longer. I hope the same thing happens here. Most of the, of the Texas law enforcement are law-abiding patriotic people who believe in the Constitution. They, did, so they should say to the governor, we're not going onto private property to enforce your mandate, whether it's mom and pop or whether it's United Airlines headquartered in Dallas, whoever it may be, a, a, a five-person operation or a 500,000-person operation. <laughs> The government has no right to tell them how to run their business. The government, which can't deliver the mail, which can't fill 
potholes, which can't stop robocalls, which can't stop killing people, which can't uh, live within its means, is now going to tell businesses how to operate their businesses. We have laws to prevent this. And Joe Biden and Greg Abbott, and I don't mean to be picking on them, but they're in the news this week. Uh, the, many of the other governors are far worse than uh, Governor Abbott in their authoritarianism. They have taken an oath to uphold these laws and to abide by the Constitution, and they're doing neither. Well, I think they do this stuff, Gerald, to please their bases. I mean, Governor Abbott's move in Texas is enormously popular with conservative Republicans, except for those conservative Republicans who are small business people and who do not want the Texas Rangers knocking on the door saying, let me see the CDC cards. Let me make sure you are not compelling your people to take vaccines. Suppose the business decides they want their employees to take vaccines. That's between the business and the employee. Yep. That's not involving the government. The problem with vaccines is the compulsion or the coercion by the government. You want a vaccine? Get a vaccine. You want, don't want a vaccine? Don't take the vaccine. Yep. But keep the government out of our property, out of our businesses and off our backs. You know, what about these vaccine mandates, for example, as you know, you know, when we go out to the city, you know, I, I, I won't get vaccinated, so I can't go into any of the restaurants. Is, well, the is restaurants that a violation of our constitutional rights? It is a violation of the rights of the property owner of the restaurant to have the government force him or her to do that. You and I took a chance and it turned out eh, the owner was friendly, recognized you, he recognized me, gave us a nice table. But we were both, we had to have a backup plan because many restaurateurs in New York City, whether they like the customer or not, are terrified of the government. They want your business, they want my business. What they can't afford is for the government, for example, to pull their liquor license. And again, Gerald, none of this is done by law. None of this is done by legislation. None of this is done by due process. If the, I'm not gonna name the restaurant, but if the government found out that they served a person who wasn't vaccinated, they could just pull the liquor license without a jury trial, without having to show a fault, without having to show that anything wrong was done. Why? Because there's no statute. Why? Because these rules were made up by the governor, whether it's Andrew Cuomo, the former governor's rules, or Kathy Hochul, the president governor's rules. These are not laws, I'm talking about New York, these are not laws enacted by a legislature. Therefore, they can't be enforced in front of a jury. So these people have found insidious ways to control our behavior and, and bypass the protections of the Constitution. You know, you, you go on and say that if we tolerate fundamental violations of our rights when they temporarily please us, we lack the intellectual honesty to resist all violations. And why do we tolerate any violations of natural rights or of the Constitution by those whom we have hired to protect them. The people we have hired to protect the Constitution. I took this oath when I became a judge. <clears throat> Greg Abbott took the oath when he became governor. Joe Biden has taken the oath dozens of times for all the offices he's held. It's to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution. They look the other way when it comes to pleasing their base. 
Why well, don't we tolerate it? We have hired these people to protect our liberties and they assault our liberties. They're doing the exact opposite of what we have hired them and are paying them to do. And of course, doesn't the something called the um, Declaration of Independence <laughs> note that we are in charge and the governor, they, we govern those who are in office what, what's the what's the phraseology of that? The government hates the Declaration of Independence because it presumes that all government, I think this is the phrase you're looking for, my dear friend, has the consent of the government. That's it. Who has consented to a government that can tell us what to do by dictate? I don't know of a single person in the United States of America who has consented to that kind of a government. One of the reasons the government hates the Declaration of Independence and this is a law enacted by Congress in 1776. It's one of the laws to which everybody who takes that same oath I just talked about pledges to uh, enforce. The, the Declaration of Independence says when the government assaults our liberty, we have the right and the duty to alter That's or it. abolish the government. Now, they don't I mean. want to hear that. Woodrow Wilson once arrested people for reading that phrase outside of a draft office in Trenton, New Jersey. And they were in jail for months before a judge realized, wait a minute, there's something called the freedom of speech, Mr. President. These people are reading the declaration and you're putting them in jail. The government hates those Jeffersonian lines because they, they can't they can't address it. They can't answer why they don't comply with it. But again, going back to the, the the government and the courts, what was that? Um, the Supreme Court just issued a uh, a, a statement about uh, healthcare workers in Maine. Well, the Supreme Court refused to hear a case, and in my in my opinion, they should hear sooner or later. The Supreme Court of the United States is going to have to hear a case or a series of cases on whether, under the Constitution. The states have the authority to compel healthy people to be vaccinated. The law as it stands now is pretty clear that the states don't have that authority. And because the states don't have that authority, because we own our own bodies, we can, as healthy people, refuse, as sick people, we can refuse medication. Surely as healthy people, we can refuse medication. Because the um, courts have ruled that the states don't have that authority, this is all being done by edict in Maine, in New York, in New Jersey, in Texas, rather than by legislation, because the legislation would be found unconstitutional at the drop of a hat. The Supreme Court needs to find these edicts even more unconstitutional than the legislation is. Legislation is at least offered by a representative, debated, both sides are heard, they modify it, they amend it, they vote on it, the governor signs it, it becomes law. If it compelled a vaccine, a vaccine, it would be unconstitutional, but at least it would come from the legislative branch. When an executive just issues an edict, there's no debate, there's no amendment, there's no representation, it's just whatever the executive, in, in this case a governor or the president, wants. That's not our system. We have the separation of powers in America at the federal and at the state level. Only the legislative branch writes the laws, not the executive branch. I hope the Supreme Court will take a case like the main case, which was brought by public employees who are being forced against their will to take vaccines or to lose their jobs. 
I hope the Supreme Court of the United States will take one of these cases and, and tell the state you can't do it by legislation. You can't do it by executive edict. Well, why did they not take this one in Maine? You know, it's a it's a mystery as to why the court doesn't take a case. They don't tell us why. Sometimes they are waiting for a better case to come along. Sometimes it's just a matter of, of resources. We got more cases than we can hear. But but it's not on the merits. So the the Maine people will suffer because the M A I N E the people in Maine will suffer because the court didn't take the case. But this is not a ruling on the law. Another case will come along that they will okay. take, and hopefully it will alleviate the assault on personal liberty. And as you mentioned, calling an edict the law <clears throat> doesn't make it the law. Edicts issued by the executive are unworthy of compliance if they purport to create new law or assault property rights or personal liberty. Well, that's what all these edicts do. You know, there's an old one-liner I threw in there. Hey, if you call a tail a leg, how many legs does a dog have? Now, when you say that to somebody and, and they realize it's you're being a little whimsical, they'll say five. The answer is no, four. Because calling a tail a leg doesn't make a tail a leg. Calling an edict the law doesn't make an edict the law. The, the, these authoritarians can call these things whatever they want. They're still bound by the Constitution. You know, uh, if you, uh, there's another issue here as well as I see it, and that is, if we have the cover of this week's Trends Journal, it's very clear. God and nature versus man and science. Who's your God? We are not allowed anymore to say that nature is our God. Science has become the God. We, that is the God that we must obey. Didn't man create science? You know, how about all you women out there? Remember how they pushed that estrogen on you and told you to take it and anybody that came out and said it was wrong? Oh yeah, you were a, uh, how dare you say that? Thalidomide was great for you, keep taking more of it. All of these allotropic drugs that they pump on the media, it, 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 on these TV stations, not one of them, not, there's no allotropic drug that cures a chronic degenerative disease. How about natural healing? How about taking what nature has given us to heal? No, no, how dare you, you conspiracy theorist. Nature doesn't count anymore. Only science does. It's, uh, it's very distressing to hear that kind of argument out of the mouths, in the case of uh, Dr. Fauci, the highest paid federal uh, official in the land. You know, again, people whom we have hired to protect our freedom using their positions that we have given them. Again, there's no consent of the government here, Gerald to destroy our freedom and in the, what you're talking about, to mislead us, materially mislead us, not, not only to prevent us from curing ourselves or curing yourself however you want. You want however your own you want. body. You could do what you want to your do own you want. body. But, but trying to silence those of us who suggest you can cure and heal and take care of your own body. That's just reprehensible.
that violates the First Amendment. That is the camel's nose, the, the federal government's nose under the tent of, of free speech and personal liberty. You know, I don't know if you know this. This is the first book I worked on, Natural Healing. I didn't write it. I worked on it. I was a doctor. <clears throat> My former wife was dying of... They were going to take out her intestines and her anus. She was 27 years old. She had ulcerative colitis. And this is going back into the late 70s. <clears throat> and I started finding out about natural healing. Chiropractors are way ahead of everybody else. Matter of fact, they, they, um, they sued the AMA because of, of the AMA's lies against them. And they won a federal, a, a federal uh, 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 case on it. Anyway, uh, she got totally healed, totally healed by natural healing, healing the intestines with food and vitamins. And anyway, so I, I know a little bit about this, and I have an honorary doctorate from the National University of Health Sciences. Not one word in all the media about getting in good shape doesn't exist anymore. Nobody talks about it. And when you look at the shape of the people that are dying from the virus, these are only facts. According to the CDC, 78% of the people hospitalized are either obese or type 2 diabetics. 94% of the people that have died of the virus had 2.6 pre-existing comorbidities. Mm. Mm. According to the CDC, 498 people from the ages of 1 to 19 had died of the virus from March, excuse me, from, from May of 2020 to September, I believe, of 2021. Out of 75 million people over the course of all, that's no number at all. Right, right. It's, it's infinitesimal. So, but yet they're forcing all these young people to get vaccinated. I, I don't know. I don't know how this ends, uh, Gerald, because, I mean, we had this conversation 18 months ago and it would have been similar, except it's worse. It's worse. Today. And when, when a, and again, I don't want to pick on Greg Abbott. I've known him for years and I have a lot of respect for him. He's overcome tremendous disability and difficulty uh, in his own life. Uh, and much of what he does in Texas, I agree with. But when a conservative Republican in the name of freedom is willing to invade property rights and is cheered on for doing it, that's the world turned upside down. Yep. Here, again, as I said, it's a crime syndicate. This is from, of all places, Jeff Bezos, Washington Post. Headline, in secret vaccine contracts with government, Pfizer took hard line in push for profits, report says. Wow. They're drug dealers. Morons and imbeciles call them big pharma. You know, by the way, the way we're talking about Fauci and Cuomo, you know, two Italians. If these guys were Jewish and we were calling them out like this, you know, they'd be calling us anti-Semites. Well, we're not anti-Semites. I know, I'm just saying. Yeah, and we're certainly not anti-Italians. This is obviously a double standard. I know, but I'm just making the point. When yeah. you go after somebody, if their name, if it was, if it was Komowitz or Fauschiewicz or something, we'd be calling anti-Semites for calling these clowns out. These disgusting human beings that have robbed us of our freedom.
Well, anybody who in, in government robs people of freedom needs to be called that. That's the point of that article, which you were kind enough to quote from, which comes out at midnight tonight called, in most places, sometimes the venue changes the title, who writes the laws? Do governors or do legislatures? Does the president or does the Congress? You know, Joe Biden could never uh, get legislation through the Congress uh, that uh, required uh, vaccines. So he just decided to do it on his own. It's like his, his former boss, Barack Obama, said, I can get more done with a phone call and a pen than I can through the House of Representatives. Well, guess what? The president doesn't write laws under our system. You're both lawyers, Barack Obama and Joe Biden and, and Greg Abbott as well. And you guys are charged with knowing this. Well, you know, you um, you know this better than anyone, and what you're saying is so valuable. Here's you're going to be down in St. Petersburg and be speaking. I'm going to be speaking to uh, the Mises Institute annual uh, conference in St. Petersburg. The Mises Institute is the greatest defender, from an academic perspective, of personal liberty in the United States today. Founded by our mutual friend. Uh, the great Lou Rockwell. It espouses a serious uh, understanding of the primacy of the individual over the state, largely on the ideas of Ludwig von Mises and uh, Professor Mary Rothbard. And I'm going to be talking about avoiding the government, leaving the federal government. I'm not going to tell you now what I'm going to say. It's very difficult after the war between the states, but there are constitutional procedures that can be applied to stem the flow of power going to Washington and turn it around so power comes back to the states and to individuals. The states are no saints, as we know from what Texas uh -huh. is doing. But the states are a lot less destructive than the federal government. Here's what I see happening. I believe there's going to be a new third-party movement. The people that are opposed... Again, you, we were talking about Maine. That was healthcare workers that put that that uh who, the that, appeal. that right yeah healthcare workers well look you're going to have this uh, uh, gerald i know our time is nearly up you're going to have a serious issue in chicago where the mayor has ordered that all police be double vaccinated or not be paid one third of the cops in chicago have not been vaccinated if she the mayor doesn't pay them they're not going to go to work Chicago is the most lawless major city in the United States, maybe in the world. I can't imagine what it would be like with one third of the police force, which is huge. It's about 35,000 police with one third of those cops no longer working. Forget about it. It'll be destroyed in a week. Well, going back to the healthcare workers in Maine, that that that, you know, the, the Supreme Court said they couldn't uh, uh, go through with their lawsuit. Healthcare workers. Do you know why healthcare workers are not doing this? Because they see what the nurses, the elder care people, they see the implications of vaccines. Yeah. That's why you're seeing so many healthcare workers, nurses, people working elder care homes not take them. I go to elder care homes, and this is what I see when I walk in. They have the television blaring, all these people sitting around, and this is what they look like. No life in them. They have seen the vaccine, and that's why they don't want to take it.
This is going to be big, and like you said, with the police, <clears throat> I believe there's going to be a real new third-party movement. Well, and these you, are the people that are going to be behind it. Anti-vax, anti-tax, anti-immigration, and anti-establishment. Anti-big government. Look, when you call the police and they don't come because they're not working because the mayor won't let them work, there's going to be a sort of a revolution. Sort of yep. right. There's going to be a revolution. There's going to be a revolution. And we want it to be a peaceful one. Yes. So thank you very much, Paisano, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Girl, I love you until, until next week, my dear friend. Mwah. Ciao, ciao. Back at you.